If you have your Bibles, turn with me to John chapter 16. And I, I probably have preached on this passage of Scripture through the years, feels like a hundred million times. Because I find myself, myself coming back to this passage of Scripture. Because it is some of the most powerful and comforting words that Jesus speaks, in my opinion. And so today I want to read verse 33, John chapter 16. And while you're turning, I just want to ask you today, how many of you feel like that you're living in a chaotic time in your life? I mean, it may be personal it may be physical, it may be that you're dealing with some things in your body or, or in your, your mind, could be financial, it could be spiritual, but you just feel like that for some reason things are just not lining up the way that they should. Have you ever tried to zip up a jacket and the zipper was offline, it wasn't together? And you'd say, yeah, my, my life kind of feels like that today. I just can't, for whatever reasons, I can't get the zipper to go up properly. Well, we all have those times and we all have those moments. But I want to suggest to you today that through Jesus Christ, that even in those chaotic moments, you can trust and believe that you can be calm and peaceful because God is in control. Amen. Let's read together. Verse 33, it says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will, say I will. I will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Father, I come to you right now in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, who is the peace speaker. It is through him that we have peace and calm, regardless of the chaotic world that we're living in. And so today it is with great confidence that we turn to your word, knowing that you have a word for us today that will give us the strength that we need to be more than conquerors, to overcome, Lord, to find ourselves at a level of peace and trust until the victory is finalized in our lives. And Lord, it may be today, it will be for some people that the victory will finalize today. And so we're expecting the best because of you. We've asked this in Jesus' name, amen. Praise the Lord. I'll be honest with you today, the last several weeks, my spirit has been not as soothed as it should be. And it has nothing to do with you or, or really even me, but it, it has more to do with the condition of our nation and where we are. I, I've, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm old, but I'm not young either. I'm just kind of stuck in that middle lane, you know what I'm saying? But I have lived long enough to be able to say that I don't think that I have ever seen the world in the condition that is in today. There are things that are going on not only in the world but in the United States of America that, that are very troubling to me. I, I'm finding it very hard to navigate through this political process that, it, that we're in right now. And so in the mornings I, I wake up and I begin to pray about it. God give me wisdom, help me to know. And I know some of you have already dealt with it 
and you're okay with whatever it is that you're going to do. But I'm very honest with you when I say today, I'm not sure where I stand right now. I am, I am struggling in my spirit with putting my, uh, my mark and my signature on certain things that I know are going on. And, and, and as, a re, as, as a response, I'm feeling a sense of chaos in, in there. And I, I'm just not quite there yet. For some of you, it's not politics, it's personal. It has something to do with your family, or it has something to do with your job, or it has something to do with your health, or it has something to do with something else, but you're, you're feeling this sense of, of chaos and, and, and not knowing where you need to be standing in order to obtain the peace that you so desperately want today. Well, first of all, let me say to you that you're not alone. That all of us have been in that place before and some of us are there right now with you. But I also want to say to you, just because you may be feeling and sensing a sense of chaos in your spirit doesn't mean that you're defeated. Amen. Because you are an overcomer even in the midst of the difficulty. As long as you don't give up and give in and you keep God on your side, if God is for you, no one else can be against you and you will overcome. So in John chapter 16, we come to this passage of scripture and Jesus is preparing his disciples and those who are close to him for the reality that he's getting ready to leave. It won't be much longer and he's going to leave. And he goes over several different things with them in this chapter. One of them being, it is expedient for me, for you, that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Spirit can't come. And if the Spirit can't come, then you're going to be hindered in what it is that you need to do. So I'm going away. And that's, they struggled with that because they had, they had gotten close to him on a personal level. And so they felt their world being uh, turned upside down and they, they sense this chaos that he's leaving. And if he's leaving, then what are, what are we going to do? And they were not able to hear with their spirit that he was saying it's going to be okay. Because if I go away, the spirit will come. And the spirit will comfort you in ways that I did not comfort you. And so in this in this setting, he's going over these several items that they're going to experience and he's trying to prepare them for this and let them know that it, it will be difficult, it will be hard, but it's going to be okay. And so he speaks in this last verse and, and he gives them some information that they need. And he says, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace because in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's break this, this down. Verse 33, the first thing he says is, I have said these things. I have said these things. Now, what that means to me is, is the most important information that I need to have is, is the Lord speaking to me? Is he the one who is counseling me? Is he the one who's giving me the information that I need in order to be victorious? He's not saying you looked this up on Google and got an answer. 
He's not saying that you uh, talked to your husband or your wife and ran it by them and they gave you a piece of information. Nothing wrong with that. I thank God for my wife who can speak wisdom into my life. But when you're walking in a a, uh, chaotic season in your life, you need to hear from the Lord. You need to hear what God is saying about that situation. You can't find it on Facebook. I don't care how many of those inspirational little squares that you read. You've got to get it from the word of the Lord. We are told now, statisticians tell us, that in the United States of America, that the population in America is more ignorant of the word of God than ever before in the history of our nation. Now, they're not calling us stupid people, but they're saying we're ignorant. In other words, uh, we have a lack of knowledge. We don't have the knowledge that we need. And the reason is that we're not putting our face in the Word of God. We need to know what God's Word has to say about our circumstances and our situation. I say this a lot around here, but I'm going to throw it in one more time for free today. I don't care what Oprah says, nor do I care what Dr. Phil says, and I don't even care what T.D. Jake says now. He's got a new talk show. How many of you knew that? I want to know, not not that I'm against T.D. Jakes. He's a great preacher. He has inspired me many times. But when I get into a chaotic season... I need someone who knows all things, who can speak into my life the things that I need to hear. And he's saying to them, listen, you can take confidence in knowing that I am the one that is saying these things to you. I, I I didn't order it up from Ann Landers. I didn't look at the horoscope today. I, I didn't get it from any other source. I, the things that you hear me say are the things that the Father is saying to me. And so therefore, I am speaking these things to you. I don't know about you, but I'm glad he speaks to me. I'm glad that I can hear his voice. But I want to point out another thing. He said, the, he said I am the one who have, has said these things to you. Did you see those words, to you? I think it's interesting that he didn't say, I didn't discuss these things with you. I didn't sit down with you in a council room and ask you your opinion. We didn't get around the coffee table and have some some Starbucks in our hands and say, well, this is, I'm Jesus and this is what I do in the situation, but hey, I'm open to other ideas. What do you think about it? What's your opinion about this? What do you, what do you think? Can you add something? I, maybe I missed something. Maybe I don't have all the information that I need. Maybe we need to get her. Maybe we need to have another committee around here so that we can all raise our hands and vote on the things uh, that, that we agree on. No, he didn't say, I sat down and had coffee with you and asked you what your opinion was. He said, I told you what you needed to hear. I told you what you needed to to think because I said what I said to you for your benefit. Sometimes we need to just block everybody else out and just say, oh, Lord, I need to hear you. I need to hear your voice. I I can't go by what anybody else says. I've got to know your heart. I've got to know what you're saying to me. But you know, we've gotten into into this mindset in the United States of America where, where, where we don't take the word 
as it comes, but we determine beforehand what we feel like we can stomach, and then we say, all right, well, I'll just, I'll just take that part, but I don't like this part over here, so I'm not going to take that part. So here's what I'll do, Jesus. I'll just create my own little religion and I'll just pull in the things that I think will be appropriate and that I can live with. And then I'll do those things as faithfully as I can. But then what are you going to do when you hit a roadblock in your relationship with him that requires you to do something that you have not approved on your list? God's not asking your opinion as to whether or not you should do it or whether or not you want to do it. Just ask Abraham when he took his son up on the mountain to sacrifice his very son. Do you think Abraham wanted to do that? No, he did not want to do that. But it, is, it was a requirement of God upon his life. I'm telling you, some of you, if you're going to walk into victory the way that you want to walk into victory, you're going to have to be willing to say, God, I take the whole thing rightly divided. I'm not going to pick and choose what I will and what I won't do. But I'm going to do what you have commanded me to do so that peace can come to me because I'm in obedience to your word. Amen. He said, these things I have spoken to you. Then he says, so that in me you may have peace. Now that word there is best translated with the word calm. Just, just calm. Did you, ever find, did you ever find yourself hyperventilating before? Has anybody ever done that? Isn't that a fun experience? I mean, you start breathing too fast and you start getting nervous and you, you start just getting beside yourself and then all of a sudden your skin starts tingling a little bit and your toes are kind of, you know, and then you start sweating and it's, it's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. And then somebody comes over and they get a brown paper sack and they stick it up on your mouth and you, you breathe in and breathe out and breathe in and breathe out and you finally, you start, you know, you know hyperventilating is fun. I mean, it really is. I mean, it causes sensations that you can't get any other way. I recommend it overdoing drugs. I really do. I, I think you'll just hyperventilate every now and then be done with it. But what he is saying to us here is, is that in me, there is no need for you to hyperventilate over anything. Because I am well able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask according to the power of God that is in me. So be at peace, relax, breathe, and trust him. He says, in me, you have peace. You remember the incident in the New Testament when they're out on the boat and the storm comes up and Jesus is over there taking a nap right in the middle of the storm. He is over there resting. He's not concerned. Those disciples shouldn't have been concerned. They should have said, hey, ain't nothing going to touch us as long as Jesus is in the boat. Now, if Jesus weren't in the boat, that'd be another matter altogether. But Jesus is in the boat. It doesn't matter what the devil may try to do. It doesn't matter how he may try to defeat us. It doesn't matter. He can come at us with every force of hell. If Jesus is in the boat, I'm going to be all right. Jesus is in the boat. I, I just love the fact 
that Jesus, he didn't have to get into this theological debate with the devil. Now, now, devil, you know who I am. You know I'm the son of God. You know that I, you know this and you know that and I have, and you know, and he didn't do that. He just, he just said something simple like, just peace. Just be still. Have you ever found yourself trying to, to wrestle with the answer? Well, if I could just do this and go there, and if I can be there, and if I can do this, and if I can speak with this one, and if I can, if I can fix this over here, and if I can, if I can do that, all that, and, and, and get all this lined up, and get this in place, and get that knocked down, and out of the way, and sweep the floor up, and get it in the little trash can there, and take it out to the dumpster. Everything's going to be all right. I, it's just, if I can just get my head wrapped around all this, if, if I can just, no, what you need to do is just say, I don't have any answers, Lord, but I know that you do, and you're the peace speaker, and while I don't know how to clean it all up, I know that you can, that you do, that you will. And so I'm resting in you. My peace is in him. My peace is not in me. My peace is in him. Say thank God for peace. I wish he'd have stopped right there, don't you? I wish that Jesus would have said, lesson done, over, go home. It's all right. But he kept talking. Did you ever know anybody that you just, you just thought, I wish they'd just be quiet? <laughs> well, I got way too many amens on that, let me tell you. I, I got a few looks across, you know. As much as I love Jesus and respect him, I wish he'd have just stopped right there. Where he said, in me, you will have peace. But he didn't stop right there. He went on and he said, in the world. You will have tribulation. I just got to be honest today. I hate that. I just would like to get to the place where I never had anything bad in my life ever again. I mean, it's like running out of milk. How many of you have ever run out of milk? You, you, you got fresh coffee. I mean, you got fresh cookies in, in, in there. In the back. You just got them. You picked them up. You came home. You're going to have a chocolate chip cookie. You're going to sit down with a glass of milk. And the anointing is going to flow all over you. You get the cookie out and you're ready to go. And then you go over and you get your favorite milk glass out. And you reach in and you realize that the grandkids have been by again. And there ain't no milk. The milk's gone. But there's a whole jug of lemonade. Well, let me tell you something. Chocolate chip cookies do not taste the same with lemonade. You got to have milk. And then there's no milk. I wish, I really do wish that I could wake up one morning and know that I am never going to have Anything bad happened to me ever again in my life. But Jesus said, as long as you are in the world, you're going to have tribulation. As long as you're in the world, you're going to have stuff you've got to deal with. 
as long as you're in the world, you're going to have circumstances because we live in a fallen world. Yes, Jesus died so that we could ha- be saved and have salvation. And yes, Jesus lives within us. And yes, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. And yes, we are more than conquerors. But we have got to live in this world until such a day that the Lord calls us out of it by way of the grave or he comes and gets us by way of the rapture. But the good news is is that he has given us the power and the authority and the resources and everything we need to be more than a conqueror. You know what our problem is? Lord, Lord help me now. I'm, I'm just put a seatbelt on just in case you get upset. I don't think you will. I'm not feeling real mean today. But sometimes the reason that we don't, that we don't move seamlessly through our circumstances is because we're more concerned about what we want than we are what he wants. And we're more concerned about humanity and our human existence than we are the reality that we're going to live eternally in another realm altogether. Can I tell you that the reason that you're alive and you're here today is so that you can be laying up treasures in heaven. How many of you know that you're not going to live forever? Can I see your hands? How many of you know there's going to come a day where you're not going to be on this earth anymore? You're going to either spend eternity in heaven with the Lord, or you're going to spend eternity in hell with the other guy. And I don't know about you, but I I have come to the understanding that my eternity is going to be in heaven with Jesus Christ. And my responsibility right now is to represent him and his, his issues and his things while I'm on the face of the earth and lay up treasures in heaven. I can't do that and simultaneously try to lay up treasures here on this earth. I know what some of you think. Are you talking about money? Because you said treasure. You talking about money? You talking about other things? I'm talking about whatever things that God has called us to do becomes a treasure that we can either hoard on this earth and keep to ourselves or we can invest it into the kingdom of God and know that treasures are being laid up in heaven for us. In the world, we'll have tribulations. I don't care. I'm not worried about staying here. Whenever the Lord's done with me, he's going to translate me out of this life and into eternity with him. To be absent from this body is to be present with the Lord. When I get there, I'm not interested in everybody else coming by and patting me on the back. I'm only interested in hearing Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. Now enter in to the glory that I have prepared for you. He said, you're going to have chaos. Now, now, why do we have to go through this stuff? There are two, two things, I think. Number one is that we have to learn how to join in his sufferings. We have to, we have to learn how to walk in the sufferings of Jesus Christ so that we can be blessed by him in those sufferings. I I don't know who we've been listening to preach, 
But this word is full of times and circumstances that tell us that we are going to have to suffer because we can't be glorified with him unless we are willing to suffer with him. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean you're going to get a boil on your backside? What what does that mean? It means that you have to put Jesus first in every area of your life. That means if you're not putting him first, some of you still stuck on that boil statement. I can see it in your eyes. Whatever it is that he requires of us, we have to be willing to do because it may be that those things are going to clear out the flesh in us. Take forgiveness as an example. Jesus was one of the greatest forgivers that ever walked on the face of the earth. I mean, they were out to kill him. They were, they were going to whip him, stripe him, beat him, put him on a cross. And what is, I, I'm going to get you back one of these days. I promise I'll get you back if it's a lack. No, no, he said things like this. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea what's going on. And then we find ourselves in a situation where people frustrate us and they anger us and they get us upset. And and then we have to to weigh and balance these things. Am I going to forgive them? Or am I just going to carry this in my spirit forever? See, sometimes forgiving causes us to do the suffering. Because so many times, just because you forgive somebody doesn't mean that they quit offending. Sometimes they continue offending. And you're sitting there in your lazy boy recliner and you're thinking, man, I forgave that person and here they are doing it again. I forgave them and here they are smorting off to me again. I forgave them and they did this. I forgave them and they said that. I forgave them, I forgave them, I forgave them. How many more times do I have to forgive them? And then we get this real righteous spirit on us and I say, and we say, oh yeah, the Bible says 490 times every day. I forgive them 490 times a day and we start counting. That's one. That's two. That's three. And let me tell you, you don't have to get to 490 to, to tell that you have already not forgiven them. You can tell it. Number, if you're keeping track, you have not forgiven them. I've got more bad news for you. What are you going to do when you get to 491? And they're still offending. Well, you've got to start all over again. See, Jesus was willing to forgive. And what he's saying is, is that those things that I suffered, you're going to have to suffer too. But if you suffer with me, you will also be glorified with me. Amen. So I think it's to join in his suffering. And then I think it's to relate to others who are dealing with the same thing that we're dealing with. I'm thankful today that the scripture tells us that we have not an high priest which has not been touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was in all ways tempted as we are yet without sin. Somebody needs to hear this today. You have never faced a temptation or a trial that Jesus has not already faced. 
and overcame. And if Jesus has faced it and overcame it, then he has given you the power to do the same. The Spirit of God lives in you. So if he can do it, I can do it. You remember when Jesus said, Oh, greater things than these shall you do because I'm going to the Father. You know, we, we, don't, like, we don't like to consider that. I, you know, we, if we're not careful, we get a little arrogant. You know, I'm just a little, little mini God over here. I'm just Jesus number two. To be like Jesus, to be like Jesus, that's all I ask. You know the song. And then there comes a point when we become so much like Jesus that we think we are Jesus. And we're not Jesus. But we do have his spirit residing in us. We do have the divine nature of Christ in us. And if I am equipped with the characteristics and the nature of the Lord Jesus Christ, then I have the power to do whatever I need to do in his name to be victorious. Amen. So I have to relate to others who are in need. Fourthly, he says something else here. He said, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. yippee <laughs> I just got bucked off the horse. Hallelujah. Now get back up. I want to do it again. Amen. Yeah, you're going you're gonna to be in tribulation, but take heart. What's he saying? He's actually saying, be cheerful. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. No, you're not cheerful because you're having to go through what you're going through. You're cheerful because you know that there's no power in hell that can overcome you in the tribulation that you are currently going through. Go ahead, devil, you can hit me with your best shot. I just want you to know that I have the power of Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit of God living and dwelling within me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There's nothing I can't do because of him. Cheerful. That's the reason the, the very first day I came here as your pastor. I started saying things like this to you. Expect the best in every situation. Some of you said, by humbug. <laughs> Expect the best in every situation. Explore your options of faith in every circumstance. When you face something difficult, explore your possibilities. Don't just react, but respond in the spirit to those things uh, that you know will line your, your defense up with the spirit of God. Explore. We explore two or three options. Okay. I heard pastor say something about it the other day, so I'm going to try it. And we try it, and it doesn't work. And we say, well, he's a false prophet. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. I ain't doing that never again. 
But what we have to learn how to do is consistently do what the Word says do. And over time, after the Lord sees that we're serious about walking in his principles, he will give us victory after victory after victory after victory. So we have to expect the best. I've heard people say, the best way for you to be happy is to never expect nothing. I'd like to know what page that's on. I know, I know I'm using the ESV, but I'm pretty sure that's not in the Bible. Believe all things. Hope all things. Trust that God is going to supply. I don't know about you, but I don't get it. I, I'm not running around saying, where's the devil going to pop out next? He's going to pop out behind that little bush over there. I bet you there's a devil over there. I bet you. Oh, I bet you. If I go into that part of town now, there might be devils down in there. I can't go down in there. You know, I got, I got to stay away from there. I don't know. I, I better not bring this home. If my wife sees it, she'll put a beating on me like I ain't never had before in my life. We're all the time expecting these, these bad things to jump out from behind the bushes and if they do, we have authority over them in Jesus' name. I am not going to live that way. I'm not going to walk around in this world wondering when the devil's going to attack me the next time. I'm going to start wondering when's the next opportunity that God is going to give me to kick his hind in in the name of Jesus. Because we have power over the enemy. He says, take heart. What does that, look at that word take. It means get your hand wrapped around your heart and refuse to let go of it. Take heart. The heart here is the emotions that we experience in difficult times. He's saying, don't get out of control. Don't let your emotions go crazy. Don't let the report of the doctor put you into a frenzy. Don't let that fight with your husband or your wife put you in a mode where you start thinking about where's the next exit door available to me. When, when, when the teacher says that your child is not, is not learning the way that they should, instead of worrying and being concerned and fretting, Lay your hands on them and pray the prayer of faith and train them up and teach them in the ways they should go so the promise of God will come up on their lives when they were old, when they are old, they will not depart from it. We've got to start taking charge of our heart and taking charge of our emotions and taking charge of those things that will try to cause us to be defeated. Take charge of your heart. I like that. And then finally, and I'm ready to quit, say praise the Lord. Come help me if you will. He says, in the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. Why should we take heart? Because I have overcome the world. Did, did, did I read that right? Wait, I want to check one word. Will you give me just a second to check one word? 
Yeah, it's there. He said, I have. Past tense. It doesn't say, I'm thinking about overcoming the world. I believe if I ever get the opportunity, I can overcome the world. If I'm in a good mood tomorrow, I might overcome the world. That's not what it says. It says, and who said it? Jesus said it. I have overcome the world. How much of it? Eight-tenths. Depends on what day. If it's Monday, it's only a quarter of the world that he's overcome. But on Sundays, man, he's overcome the whole world. If the Lord will help me somehow to get in your head that you do not just live for him on Sundays. You're not spiritual on Sunday and secular on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday except for that little hour that you give him on midweek service and then go back to secular on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday and then I'm going to be spiritual again. No, when the spirit of the living God has come within us, we are spiritual from that moment forward. And he doesn't just overcome every now and then depending on the circumstances. He has already over oh he has already he has already he has already overcome the world so I don't know if what he did was enough for me spiritually hey he died on the cross and shed his blood for the remission of the sins of every individual who would ever walk the face of the earth and he declared it is finished He doesn't have to die again. He's already done everything that needs to be done for you to be saved. It is finished. All you've got to do is believe it, accept it, and receive it, and your sins will be washed away. He said, well, you know, it sounds good, but I I, I ain't got no money, Pastor. I just, I can't pay the bills. I can't. Have you ever tried tithing? I'm I'm just asking. I, I don't mean once or twice a year. And I'm trying to be real nice. I don't mean once or twice every now and then. Well, I feel like tithing today. No, I mean, why don't you? Have you ever tried putting it in your budget and making it a lifestyle and saying, Lord, from here on out, I'm going to give the 10% that is already yours anyway, and I'm just going to transfer it to you every time I get paid. But now I have an expectation because your word says that if I try tithing, you said, test me, try me, and see if I will not pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot contain. It takes faith to tithe. It takes faith to give. But when you tithe and when you give, then your bill becomes his bill. Because he takes responsibility for it. You say, I don't know if I believe that, Pastor. Well, then you'll never get victory in that area of your life. Because it is in the Word of God. You say, well, I got bad news from the doctor this week. He said this, this, and this. Okay, I understand. 
I've gotten bad news from my doctor before too. There have been times they looked me square in the eyes and said, Mr. Baker, if you don't stop doing this, then you're going to get sick. And I had to make up my mind, number one, that I was going to ask the Lord, who's by his stripes I am healed, can heal me, and then I have to start participating in the process of health. So I don't know, it seems like you quit preaching and went to meddling. No, I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to get in your spirit that the Lord has already provided everything you need that will cause you to be at peace in your life. In chaotic times, He will come. He will counsel you. He will speak to you. He will produce the calm that you need in your life. And He will help you to be the conqueror that you are called to be because he already is. I have, I have already overcome the world. Will you stand with me this morning?